and gentlemen. Triple M has rocked Sydney since way back when. And while some shows come and go, one show remains. Absolutely brilliant. The Triple M Dead Set Legends. The greatest sports legends. Would you put your hands together? The soundtracks your Saturday mornings. And in 2022, a couple of the stars return to the starting lineup. And here we go. The best broadcaster in the business, Dan Ganane, and racing royalty, Richard Friedman, join Iron Woman, Candace Warner. Saturday, 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 Saturday. Seatbelts on. Welcome. So welcome back. The Triple M Dead Set Legends. Good morning, everyone. The rain is back on a Saturday morning, and so is Candace Warner. Is there a link? I think so. Good morning to you, Kent. We had two nice sunny Saturdays. You come back. Look at the misery out there. So what are you saying? You want me to go back to India? Well, all I'm saying is the the maths are there. Well, I We've had eight weeks in a row of you being here and it's... Bucketing down. But there's always sunshine in the studio when oh, I'm here. Okay, I, fine. But I promise I'll bring the sun next week. Fine. You know, it was really great to see. So I was driving down um, Anzac Parade. Mm-hmm. There were kids playing sport. It only normally takes <laughs> a drop of rain and that's it. Sport. But uh, can people call in? One triple three five three. Have people just decided, you know what? If we're going to be off every week, we're just going to play in the rain. Yeah. Bugger the councils, we're going to play anyway. Well, having a few kids myself, my daughter started netball for the first time today, so they got called off at half time. But, you know, there's been so many, with last term, there's been so many cancellations of sport, especially whether it be footy because they don't want the grounds to be wrecked or soccer, whatever it may be. Let the kids play. That's it. That sounds like a great hashtag. Let yeah. <laughs> let the boy watch. Let the kids play. Uh, now, it's with heavy heart, we do the show today because Richard uh, lost his mum over the last couple of days, and God bless him. Uh, he called me on Thursday afternoon, and he said, Dan, can I have the, the kit, which is the gear we use when we do the show from abroad? You took it to India, and uh, I took it, I've taken it to places like Canberra. I said, why? And he's gone, oh, my mum's only got a few hours to live. I said, don't be stupid. Go, just go. Just mm. No, I don't want to let you guys down. I don't. So. Um, but that's just a credit to the the guy that he is. He's, yeah. he's such a team player here. And right. um, we're just, we're feeling for you today, Rich, if you're listening. Yeah, and our heart goes out to you. So, so we couldn't get the kid anyway. It wasn't available, which I was very happy with. He said, right, I'm going to come back tomorrow. Uh, Saturday, I'll be fine. And. She passed away Thursday night, Friday morning, and he wasn't up to it. And that's uh, I'm glad because uh, this is just a radio show. Yeah. He's going through some real-life stuff. So, Rich, hopefully we'll be back next week. If he's not, that's okay, however long he needs. But uh, I don't like talking about what a good man he is because <laughs> it doesn't fit this show. But he is a good man with a big heart and... Um, uh, we're all a bit heartbroken today. Anyway, we've got a lot to get through on the show. Send-off last night, and not everyone agrees that it should have been a send-off. We will be opening the lines one triple three five three, and Des Hasler's reaction to Carl Lawton being marched. Um, Jude Bolton is going to join us, talking swans. They've got a big game tomorrow against the Lions. Greg Rust, as usual. We're going to the States. We don't often do this, mm. but our man Ben Simmons... Yep. It, it, it's getting uglier. It is, and he's, he's up to his old tricks again. And it's – is it the end of Ben Simmons or is it just, you know, the wake-up call that 
that he needs to just kickstart his career again because it's not good. And Gerds apparently is going to pop in, so is Aaron Wood. So we've got plenty to get through. One triple three five three. Call us any time, but we're, uh, we're talking rugby league and Manly going down to South Lower Brave, but um, the send-off killed them. Triple M, dead set legends. If it happens on the field, in the change rooms, or the car park, hear about it here. Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman, Candace Warner. Triple M, Dead Set Legends. Yeah, the America's Cup. That's 39 years ago. My wow. God, we're old, Candace. Actually, you weren't <laughs> even born then. Yeah, I was. I'm 37. Are you? Yes. Oh, it's all over. Uh, <laughs> one, two, three, five, three. Uh, Candace and Dan here. Rich, that was India, by the way. We'll talk about it properly later. But yeah, uh, look, it was okay. I've had better trips to India. <laughs> <laughs> what the butler was a bit late with your Listen breakfast. Listen here, okay. Yes, we got food to our room, <laughs> but that was because we were in isolation uh, almost the entire time. But going to the games, that was a spectacle. Like, that was unbelievable. All right, we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the second hour. But last night, uh, Penrith weren't very good, but good enough. That's how classy they are. They just did it in the second half to edge out the Gold Coast 18-4, to four, so they're still undefeated. But the game of the night, your bunnies, mm. uh, took them a while to shake off Manly. Yep. Eighth minute, ninth minute, Carl Lawton sent off. What was your reaction sitting there at home watching when you saw... Lawton upend Cam Murray and almost drop him on his head. Yeah, I thought he should have been sent off. I know that's probably a little bit controversial. There's some people saying that he should have just got 10. But yes, Cam Murray didn't get injured, didn't land on his head, but there was a lot of force in it and, and it could have gone pear-shaped. So I think the send-off was the right decision. One triple three five three. I'm sure people want to have their say. Oh, I've got the explanation. I've got the judiciary sheet here. Not the charge he's got, but what he's likely to get. It was almost, I mean, the position that he was in as well. Like, it was horizontal. Like, he was, he was gone from there. He's gone up. Like, it was, yeah. It yeah, was, it got away from him. Yes, he did. It got away from him. Everyone agrees, right? No one is... In any dispute, there was nothing malicious about it. He wasn't trying to hurt Murray. No. He was trying to just upend him, put him on his back, slow it down, and yep. it got away from him. All yep. the commenta- commentators of it. And this is an, an area where I tend to lean to what the, the ex-players have to say because uh, it's all right to have for us to have an opinion, mm. which may be right, but we don't understand the speed of the game, how these things can get away so quickly. Yep. And when the likes of... Uh, well, you were calling with Ennis yeah, last he, night. Yeah, straight he away said, yeah. he said send-off, yeah. and that surprised me. Yeah. Then the panel of Benji Marshall, Greg Alexander, um, they both said, and there might have been another ex-commentator, ex-player there as well, but they said send-off. Mm. So I'm like, well, okay, well, if they're saying it, and don't forget ex-players tend to lean on the side of the player. Absolutely. So they've gone the other way. Now, I understand, I didn't hear it, but Gus Gould and Brad Fittler for nine mm-hmm. were ropeable the other way. It's not a send-off. It's an accident. Yeah. Here's the thing. Everyone everyone agrees up to the point of the punishment. Everyone agrees it was an accident. Yeah. It wasn't malicious and penalty. Yeah. But then after that, it's where... Um, it's where we. I thought it was ten in the bin. Yeah. But when all the ex players come out and say that's really bad, he's got to go. Mm. I'm happy to say, well, let's go with them. Des Hasler. Oh, this is a really interesting reaction because he could have blown up. It, it cost them the game, right? Whether it's a right or wrong decision, they were gone after that. They were brave to hang on for as long as they did. Here's what Des has ha, had to say. 
Yeah, no, it's it's not a good one. We're going by the standards that they're they're working tackles. Um, he um, he's devastated. Poor kid. He's such a such a hard uh, hard worker. You know, he he, he plays uh, the game at, uh, at at pace. He's uh, such a nice. Uh, uh, temperate in that so there was no certainly no malice uh, uh, in the tackle but um, uh, it was um, at the same time uh, there will probably uh, there'd be some, some consequences to face uh, on that tackle uh, would you send him or would you send Ben uh, um, I, I, I thought maybe uh, a decision um, uh, could have been uh, disputed there but um um, but either way, um, he, he wasn't going to stay on the field. So we'll leave to the uh, judiciary to judge that one now. So that was very magnanimous from mm. Des. Clearly he doesn't think it was a send-off, but yep. also wanted to be very careful not to be seen to be whinging. Mm-hmm. So so how many weeks do you think? Okay. The charge sheet, which will come in in a couple of hours, uh, I've got the point system here. Now, they changed all this. So I remember it was the point system where it was 100 points was a week. and. Yep. He had Well, they wiped out all the prize. Mm-hmm. So now it's a much more simple method. If it's a grade one dangerous throw, it is a fine. Well, I think we can agree it won't be grade one dangerous yeah. throw. He's been sent off. Mm-hmm. Right, there's three grades. Grade two dangerous throw, which it might be, is two matches early plea. And the way Des is talking, they're going to plead guilty here. Yeah. Right? Maybe they'll go for a downgrade. Grade three, which is the worst of the charges, is four weeks. To me, four weeks is way too harsh. Yeah, I, and yeah. he's already served a game here. Mm. It cost them the game. Yeah, they used to take that into account. We've got to find out if they still do. So they would take off. He missed seventy-two minutes. Mm-hmm. They would wipe seventy-two points off because he effectively suspended and for it, that, that game. Definitely will be. I don't know. I have, yeah. because it's a new system this year. I don't think it counts. I think this is more black and white. The charge sheet will come out a little later. Um, so effectively, two it could weeks be, for me. So two weeks could effectively be three weeks because he missed the entire well, game. Well, that's it. But and that's, you can yeah. make the argument that he's already effectively missed one yeah. and he should miss one more. Everyone's happy. Yeah. Anyway, we'll wait for the charge sheet to come out. But everyone, David, Michael, John, Mark, uh, geez, we're just rattling off names from the Bible. Stay <laughs> there. One triple three five three. We've got to take a song and we'll come back. Because this is uh, this has got a lot of people fired up. Triple M, Dead Set Legends. More after this. When talking sport, twenty four seven is barely enough. Do you ever shut up? This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Unbelievable. With Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman, and Candace Warner. Triple M, Dead Set Legends. Candace and Dan on a Saturday morning. Rich, uh, hopefully back next week. Um, by the way, we've got a new sponsor this week. Be part of the action at Queensland's live sporting events like the NRL Magic Ground in Brisbane. Stay and play on at queensland.com forward slash play on. So we're being sponsored by the Queensland government here. Wow. So, Beck, have they bought our opinion for the grand final topic later? Because it's for sale. <laughs> <laughs> it's for sale. <laughs> let's go to Queensland for a grand final. Um, let's take some calls. Run triple three five three. Carl Lawton gets two... Oh, sorry, sorry. Carl Lawton gets sent off. We don't know how long he's going to get. Uh, it's going to be a little bit of time. People fired up, Candice. Let's start with mm. David from Forestville. 
Good morning, legends. Love you. Love your show. Uh, massive fan of Candace's first. Sorry, mate. Uh, she's got Aww, you covered. Thank you. No, that's all right. Beautiful, beautiful. She won't be on this show for much longer because they're going to pinch her on prime time. But anyway, keep going. Beautiful part Maltese girl. Ah, Kafinti. Yeah, I'm having a pastizzi right now. Ah, legend. So I don't want to be controversial, but I just want to refer this incident. I'm probably off the topic a little bit, but. I'm being, is this another case of like Anthony Tupo last week that because he's such a high profile player and a bit of a golden boy of the league, Cam Murray, mm. do you think that that had something to do with the referee's reaction? I don't, I think last night and Tupo separate, Dave, it's not an unfair point. It was a disgrace that Tupo wasn't sent to the bin um, against the Dragons uh, because. The referee on the field made the decision at the time, reflex. I was calling the game. I thought, Candace, it was reflex. But then as soon as you saw the first replay, Bunker takes over. This is mm. how it works. So Tupo, uh, rather, Ravalara is down. That gives the Bunker time to look at it. Once it goes to the Bunker, it is no longer in the referee's hands. Mm. And the Bunker had all these looks at a pretty stiff arm right across the head of Ravalawa. How it wasn't a sin bin yeah. is mind-boggling. Then the ref gets dropped. Yes. It's got nothing to do with the ref. It's mm. all the bunker stuffing up. Yeah. And then it just, that creates this idea, oh, it's a Roosters player, they yes. get looked after, met Carl Lawton. Instead of he's just the a rank inconsistency. And file player, we can get rid of him. Instead, it's the inconsistency of the bunker. It's, that's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. Anyway, Michael from Campbelltown for you, Candice. Mm-hmm. Take it away, how Michael. Going, how you going, Candice? Good. How are you? Oh, mate, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. <laughs> I, I, I've I've spent 35 years playing this game as a coach and as a player, and I can give you 15 names right now that have walked away from this game because of silly, just stupid decisions like this. Mm-hmm. When we played, we were learnt. We, 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 we were, when I was 11, we were told to hit low, drive hard, and put them on the ground around their waist. That's what that guy did last night. Accidentally. The speed of the game had got out of control. The guy just okay. The guy deserved ten minutes. Yeah. But then you get this guy got sent off, and he got that that winger from last week from the Roosters doesn't get a it doesn't even yeah. get a smack on the wrist. He just gets away with it. I think, I'm over it. Yeah, I'm I, over the game. I'm over it. I'm yeah, out. like out. you said, when you were younger, you were told to you know how you tackled them. But he lifted him up, and as soon as Lawson leaves his feet, it's a send off. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem. That is the problem. So with you the say game. it's too soft. It's, so, so you lift him up, what, two inches, four inches, five inches, six inches, a foot off the ground, and you drive, and you drive him hard into the ground. I, I, that's, against, that's against the rules? That's I think it was an accident. It was an accident. No one disputes that. I would say this, Michael. That tackle was every week in, in, in the old New South Wales Rugby League, but it, because they came down so hard on it in the 70s and the 80s, um, they eradicated it. So the players know how to pull out of a tackle. They've worked mm-hmm. out... When it gets away from the somehow, put, you see it all the time. You see they start lifting a player, and yep. then all they realise, oh, this is going wrong, and they they stop. Yeah. And they, it, it it got away from Lawton, and and he's going to have to pay the price. John from St Mary's, you might have a different view. John, good morning. Yeah, good morning, legends. Oh, yeah, I think it was a dead set send off. Yeah. The guy, the guy got it right. What he said before was an accident, and he lost control of the tackle. But yeah. that doesn't make it not a send-off. Rules are rules, yeah. How many weeks should he get? 
No. I think two would probably be sufficient. Yeah. Four is probably a bit too long. I, I agree. Mm. I think, And I think they'll have empathy, the NRL. And they do react to the media. And because there was an outrage about the tackle and sympathy for Lawton, I think they'll they'll go grade two. Yeah. All right. All right, Dale, you get the final say. Fire away, Dale. Yeah, good day, guys. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm a Manly fan. And, you know, after last night watching the game, um, you know, the, the, the first word that I thought of was intent. Was there intent to actually, you know, break the guy in half? I, I, I don't think so. I think it was just a good hard tackle that obviously went wrong. Um, was it worth 10 in the bin? Yeah, I, I, I think it was. Um, go and report, yep. But in the same game, I see a South player. I, I think it was um, uh, one of the manly wingers that he nearly took his head off. Mm. Goes on report, they get a penalty. I'm thinking, hang on a minute. It's horses for courses, isn't it? If you're going to go by the rule book, we'll go by the rule book and actually make it right. You know, and it, that, which is really disappointing. They, 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 it just seemed to be very one-way traffic last night. And, and to be honest with you, if I was a Souths fan, I'd be quite embarrassed that Manly stuck it to him with 12 men. <laughs> I'll put this to you, though, Dale. At some point of that Lawton tackle, we've all said it's an accident, which it was. It's out of his hands. It's out of Murray's hands. It's in the lap of the gods. It was bloody, Dale, it was bloody close to being Alex McKinnon. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree with that. But like I said, I don't think there was intent involved. And that's the that's the word that I, that I think that the judiciary really need to look at. Yeah. The fact that he picked him up, between his legs and drove him into the ground, hundred percent send off. Mm. But was it a send off? I think Manly were made to be made to be scapegoats for the very first mm. send off of the of the season for a tackle like that. Mm. Uh, I just hope that that they're consistent. So because you see tackles like this, mm-hmm. you know, every second or third game, you know, and it's just, I just hope they're consistent because if they don't, you know, I, I think there's going to be clubs out there that are going to start going. Hang on a minute, like the you know the whole tackle with the Roosters player last week. You know, that's yep. a send-off offence. It's just got to be... They've just got to be, I, I suppose, realistic. If they're going to be... Make sure it's consistent. That's all I'm asking yeah, for. Right. Well, thank God we don't see that tackle all that often. So yeah. hopefully they're not asked to make that sort of decision too often for yep. the rest of the year. But it is that consistency, whether it be with the bunker, the refs, the decisions have to be consistent. And this is what we talk about year after year after year, is the consistency and but inconsistency. They kill themselves with Tupo. Yep. That's the thing where they kill themselves. Because last night... I, you can understand send-off. For many, it's too harsh, but they're in the ballpark. Yeah. The Tupo thing was not in the ballpark. No. That was on another planet. Dead set legends. We're going to talk Jude Bolton. He's going to join us shortly, and we're talking motorsport as well. So lots to get through between now and midday. Triple M Dead Set Legends. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman, and Candace Warner. The Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M Dead Set Legends, Candace Warner. What are you giggling at? <laughs> no, no. Nothing. Stop taking private stuff <laughs> on here. Uh, Dan Ganane here as well. And and a former, I think he sat in, no, he sat in the middle chair, I think. Jude Bolton, now he's on the bigger and better things, the rush hour. Good morning, Jude. Dan, Candace, how are we? Good, Jude. Mate, we're fine. What are you doing this Saturday morning? Mate, I uh, did a little run around with uh, my daughters. They've got gymnastics and that sort of stuff, so... Uh, yeah, just uh, over in Gladesville at the moment. But, um, Thank you for doing this because it's short notice. But it's interesting you bring up, you know, b- being a parent of a you know a kid playing sport. Uh, we're getting reports out of um, Heffron, 
Heffron Park <laughs> that Candace Warner was being a typical sporting mum for her daughter's first ever netball game. Candace, would you like to answer those suggestions? <clears throat> Look, it's true. I was there this morning for their first game, and I don't know much about netball, but I was yelling a little bit on the – not yelling at my kids. How trying- old are they? Seven, oh, six and seven. No, oh, but no, no, I was just trying to help them. It's their first game. They didn't know what they were doing, so I was just oh. like, stay with your player. <laughs> You're a bad mother. Oh, I, I am one of those parents. I never, It's a ever, first game. I'm try- I was trying to help. Let her run around. Okay, I'm a bad mum. <laughs> I'm one of those parents, okay? Oh. You wait till well, you go to a netball match. It's frustrating. I bet Jude's been to some dud kiddie sports events and he's never opened his mouth. Uh, there's now and then. You, you just have to bite your lips sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Hey. You sit there and go, man up, come on, pick up. <laughs> hey, my God, Candace. Hey, big game. But the Swans are flying and they've got a great game tomorrow at the SCG. Is it third versus fourth against the Lions? Match of the round, absolutely, Dan. It's a, it's a huge clash and a, and a good chance to for this uh, young sort of vibrant swan side to test themselves against one of the real contenders. So, you know, Sydney have, you know, shot up this year and really, um, you, know, t- you know, really sliced teams up with their good kicking and things like that. But, um, uh, you know, the Lions have really few to none holes in their, in their game. Jude, the Swans showed some great maturity last week with their win over the Hawks. They did, yeah. They they sort of let uh, Hawthorne jump out of the blocks uh, down in Tasmania and um, it was really sort of slow start and, and to be honest, Candice, they, they really turned the footy over and uh, didn't look didn't look too functional going forward. But then, as you said, that maturity, they were able to just get on top, reassess, and then you know, have, have a really clinical finish. They kicked the last eight goals of the game. So to run over the Hawks gives them that confidence. But I tell you what, John Longmire wouldn't want the, the bad start against a good side like Brisbane. Callum Mills, he, I mean, he was really impressive last week, 37 disposals. Is he in the form of his life? He is, yeah. He's um, obviously taken over the co-captaincy this year, and um, uh, you know, a, a boy based and born in Sydney and that sort of thing. And he's just a, a real hard nut. And, and for the first part of his career, they played him down off half back. And um, this last couple of years, they've been able to throw him and inject him into the midfield. And he's just so hard. He was able to go on to Tom Mitchell, who was who was winning plenty of the footy against the Swans last week, curb his influence and then and then get his own footy. So, yeah, he's in, he's in career best form at the moment. Are you worried about the Giants? Uh, they, they, they've, they've had a few good years of competitiveness. Now they're back struggling uh, and the crowds aren't there. And then we understand it's a long-term thing. But is do you fear at some point the AFL is going to go, and I'm talking years ahead, not this year or next year, the AFL is going to go, Oh, we might have to cut our losses at some point. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. I think they've they've sort of found a, a a niche in terms of a supporter base there, and and I know that they haven't been uh, you know attending as many games as, as they they'd like them to. But it is always interesting this start of the year for the for the Giants because of the Easter show, and mm. they have to play interstate a lot. But um, I mean, a one and five start. It's I always liken it to a. Uh, a movie review. If, if if you're getting bad reviews in the in the papers, are you going to go and watch the movie? So it's upon them to really you know lift the, lift their game. And um, as a one and five start, I think they really need to to dig in in a big way. I thought they were they're really quite selfish at different stages last week, and um, it was a game where they probably could have beaten St Kilda. But it's a massive game for them against Adelaide. 
Yeah, that's today. All right, beautiful, Jude. Thank you for uh, joining us at short notice, mate. And we will hear you Monday afternoon with uh, uh, Gus and uh, Wendell for the rush, which is going really well, by the way. Uh, it's uh, it's the five days a week suits you, blokes. You're flying. <laughs> I don't know if it suits Dell. He's I think he's enjoyed a few shorter weeks lately. But, uh, mm-hmm. No, great great to talk to you guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jude Triple M. This is the Dead Set Legends. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman, and Candace Warner. The Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M. This is the Dead Set Legends. Candace Warner, Dan Ganane, Rich off this week. Um, I, I guess this story is going to take some explaining, but the Ben Simmons situation. Candice, mm. w- where where are you on Ben? Because bloody hell, you want to like the bloke, but he's hard to like. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So you want to like him because he's an Australian and, and we're so patriotic to our to our athletes, but he just keeps letting us down. He keeps letting his teams down, um, his nation down, and it's, it's pretty pathetic if you ask me. Okay. Uh, Phil Murphy is from ESPN in the States where this story, it's, uh, it's the, the, the amount this bloke, uh, not Phil, Ben is copping. I've never seen... It's a pile-on. Mm. Maybe it's deserved. Phil, good morning to you. Good morning, good morning. Yes, it's. Uh, it, it was a story that dominated, honestly, what, what otherwise would have been a, a you know, man, a, it should have been a far more entertaining series between the Nets and the Celtics, but it, it's, it seemed the moment that the Nets had conceded that they might be without Ben Simmons for the playoffs, suddenly this hope came completely out of nowhere that Simmons would be available uh, to play for the Nets. And I mean, Brian Windhorst, the very respected reporter for us, uh, said, listen, I, I don't know what I can do other than report what I'm being told, even if I don't believe it, that Ben Simmons might be coming back for games four, five, or six of this series. Because once the, the back injury and the, the mental health concerns went from a day-to-day type thing to a week-to-week, there was this overall concession that, okay, Ben won't debut for Brooklyn until next season. Then there was this hope that uh, maybe the back's feeling better, he's ready to return to the field, and out of nowhere, uh, a setback on one of the final days of preparation, and the reports from inside Nets camp are that they're just exasperated with the saga, which is not a good mm. way to introduce yourself to uh, to management, executives, and, and, and most importantly, a fan base. So, the Nets are, are feeling very disappointed by Ben. Um, I, I think had once a trade happened, if he said, hey, you know, the back's not right, I, I need to shut this down altogether, they wouldn't feel this way. But the on-again, off-again nature of it has people questioning the severity of it all and, mm. and really what his future might hold with the franchise. Yeah, let me backtrack here. I better explain, because there's a lot of people listening here that I don't understand the context of the Ben Simmons story. Right, so this is he was a star in college. He might have been number one draft pick. He was very high. Philadelphia 76ers, yes. they become a playoff team. They become a good team. They get to a big series last year. This is a guy that doesn't like to take shots. It's it's a flaw in his game. He doesn't like to take three-point shots. He's a distributor. But there was a lot of hype about the kid. He was supposed to be the next Magic Johnson, right? Um, we get to a big game, game seven. There's clearly a shot for him to take. He doesn't take it. They lose the game. His coach comes out, big no-no, as you know, Candace. His coach comes out and basically blames Ben Simmons for not taking the shot. Yep. Ben then uh, says, I'm out. He's always oh, so I'm not going to play. I can't play for this team anymore. The back injury, which might be legit, but that popped up. The mental health issues, which might be legit, popped up. Let's not forget, he also pulled out of the Olympics. I was about to say that. It was at that moment he yep. said, I've got to go work on my jump shot. Mm-hmm. Pulled out of the Olympics, yep. right? So he stuffed Australia up and... 
They won bronze anyway. Might have done better with him. While he's working on his jump shot, he turns up at places like Wimbledon mm. and with his girlfriend. Hard to work on your jump shot there. Go. He then sulks, refuses to play. Have I got all this right so far, Phil? Re- ref- <laughs> yeah. Ref- yeah, with, with some colour, but yes. Refuses <laughs> to play. Well, that's what we do. Refuses to play. Has to turn up to training just to not breach his contract. Basically walks around sulking with a phone in his pocket. It's obvious he's only turning up not to get fined. Finally, the Sixers get rid of him to the Brooklyn Nets. He's landed with a gun team. His back's crook. Can't play. We get to the playoff series. They're down 0-2 against Boston. They're in trouble. He says, all right, I'm coming back, but not till game four, which is a bit strange. They then go down 0-3. It's obvious they're not going to win the series. And then he pulls out, as you alluded to. Have I got all that right? That is that is the timeline in a very well done <laughs> Cliff Notes version of the last thirteen months yeah. of Ben Simmons's fallout. Now, Phil, um, would you think this is a little bit harsh or on the money? Stephen A. Smith has branded um, Ben over the past few days the most pathetic excuse for a professional athlete we've ever seen. Now, is that a bit harsh or is it on the money? Uh, I mean, it, it, the superlative there for me is, is a little too harsh. Mm. But but yes, I mean, you know, it, and there are guys who are injury prone. And if that is Ben Simmons, he's picking the wrong cities in which to play professional yeah. sport yeah. in Philadelphia and New York City. Th- those are two of the most unforgiving uh, fan bases that we have. And he ends up in a situation in which he passes on that. Yeah, the, the showing up at Wimbledon and those types of things. Mm. It's going to take a special situation for him to uh, redeem his basketball future and and that coupled with the pressure that he's going to face and, and some dissension from home te- te- hometown teams, whoever it ends up being, whichever fan base he ends up going to, because I don't, I don't know how long he can, he can stick in Brooklyn after what happened with these playoffs. Very quickly, because we have run out of time, where does he end up? You say you don't know how this is going to play out. Where would your money be on? Does he stay in Brooklyn or does he get shipped off somewhere else? They're going to try one more go in Brooklyn. Uh, this offseason is going to be a close watch as to whether or not Brooklyn retains Steve Nash. I think they will. Um, after that, it's it's on Ben. I mean, this this is his year, and if he continues to claim the the back and or the mental health, it's going to be a question that no fan base is willing to take on for a player that demands the kind of contract that he does. All right. So uh, it feels like it's Brooklyn or bust for his basketball future. Okay. Uh, I hope he turns it around. There's too good a talent there, but you know, he's yes. obviously, <laughs> I think he's got no one to blame but himself. Phil, a pleasure, mate. Enjoy the draft and ESPN all the playoffs. Um, going on right now. It's on for another six weeks or so, so get on board. KO uh, with ESPN. Thank you, Phil. All right, thanks so much. There is Phil Murphy joining us on the Dead Set Legends. Ladies and gentlemen, the best broadcaster in the business, Dan Ganane and racing royalty, Richard Friedman. Join Iron Woman, Candice Warner. Welcome back. Yeah, Rich's not here today. Uh, we're thinking of Rich, but Candace, you and I, we've got through the first hour. We have. We have. So one more really good hour mm, coming up. Learn that you're a bad mother, and uh, <laughs> at least at the sporting. I feel like today you're jumping into Rich's shoes a little uh, bit. Someone has to. Yeah, I feel like today you're but just going on, a little so bit harder at me. you left at halftime because you had to do the show. Yes. Who, who took dad there? 
No, oh, no, no dad's, dad's in, in India. India. Yes, no, no. So their grandmother was there, and um, you know, a lot of family friends. It's the first game of netball ever, so there's a bit of a crowd. We're taking. What, what's your daughter's name? We've got Ivy and Indy. They're who, both who, in the same side. Okay, well, please tell me we're taking Ivy and Indy to McDonald's or something this morning. They went last night. So they've got to be reward. <laughs> listen, listen. I am a parent, so I'll do the parenting. Yeah, okay, Thank you. That. All right, you've got me. I can't argue. Yeah. Uh, Gertz is going to join us after this. Big news out of uh, the judiciary. Carl Lawton, all oh, four weeks. <laughs> People are going to be blowing up about that. Triple M, Dead Set Legends. Game, set and match. And other cliches time permitting. Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman and Candace Warner. Yes, be part of the action of Queensland's live sporting events like the NRL Magic Round in Brisbane. Stay and play on queensland.com forward slash play on. I bring that up, Candice, because we've got a man who sold out to go to Queensland. He's now, he hated <laughs> Queensland. Remember how miserable you'd be walking down Caxton Street oh. on Origin and now you're one oh, of them. Good. I'm the first in there. I'm the first in there on a Sunday morning, Dan, to have a beer with the locals at about 10.30. Fantastic. <laughs> how are you finding Fantastic. Uh, it's been really good. It's been it's been a really good change up. You know, hospitality. My other life um, in, in in industry has had a really tough couple of years, and it's been pretty stressful and so forth with you know the restrictions and lockdowns and so on. So, uh, look, the family and I have been talking about it for a little while now. It took a while to sort of untangle the web of living in Sydney and what that you know with couple of kids at schools and stuff like that but just all sort of you know we just believed in the process and the path opened up and we got hold of a decent property we wanted some land and we're mm. growing veggies and running chickens and doing all that sort of stuff and the kids are loving it and this is a proper sea change yeah it's been it's been really good there's good waves up there and i'm enjoying that it's um and yeah we've only been there a couple of months so the people seem so far pretty nice but it's not origin time yet you're so queensland now that you've turned up you both of you actually are wearing yeah. blue shirts today so it's a bit of a uniform yes. mm. but you've got the on. Well, it's actually it actually has been pretty fresh up there. It's it's been sort of mid to mid to low twenties, same as here, and it's been disappointing because I didn't pack a lot of warm gear to take, no. as you could understand. Yeah, absolutely. So it's been, it's been like here. It's been you know pretty wet summer um, up north, and yeah, but you know I'll, I'll I'll pack the jeans. I'm down for three or four days, so yeah. they'll come out relaxed. probably tomorrow. I don't I, look. I'm, I wouldn't say I. I it's been overly relaxing up there. Like we've moved three times yeah. in five months, and you know, trying to deal with the business back here and life and mm. so forth. So there's been a fair bit going on, but just sort of hopefully we're going to get there soon. Yeah, it'll be nice. So Lawton uh, for Manly sent off. A, are you okay with that? And B, the charge sheet says four weeks. Boy, that's a lot of that's it's a lot, lot of, of time. Look, I think the message needs to be really clear around those incidents, Dan. And and there was no intent, and I understand that, but. The message needs to be clear with guys that get people in those positions that it's super dangerous. And if they would have just given him 10 minutes and allowed him to play on, maybe the message wouldn't have been strong enough. But the players are in control of that stuff. You know, the game's that technical these days, and I know it all happens really quickly, but you see it happen quite regularly where players get guys past the horizontal and then they, they stop and they brace and they correct themselves and other people come in to help. Unfortunately, this all sort of happened. It was a one-on-one situation. And Cam Murray's the way that sort of he's... He leans his body into contact is why he gets so on his front so often and allows him to get those quick play the ball. So it all sort of contributed mm. um, to the point where he didn't get any assistance. No one came in to, to hold Cam up, unfortunately. Um, Cam ended up sort of doing the right thing and flipping to make sure that you know he, he was in the right spot to fall. Um, but 
I think he had to go. So the message needs to be clear that we can't accept that in our sport anymore. I mean, three or four years, um, you know, in the 80s or 90s, you do three of those, Dan, you get man of the match. Three of those tackles and you're you chaired off the field. But unfortunately now, not unfortunately, but, you know, the game's moved on. Do you think it costs Manly the game? So it's really hard to say, Candice, because um, they were definitely, they turned up to play, but you also get a different reaction when those situations take place. Like Manly, you could see they sort of galvanised around it and maybe South Sydney relaxed a little bit as well. South haven't been, as you know, at their mm. best anyway to the start to the start the season. So Manly were brave and they were gallant, but it's hard to say whether or not you know, they would have won with uh, with 13. Yeah, it cost them a chance, though. They couldn't yeah, win once they were that happened. It was yeah, all no, over. It was. Um, we have sort of ignored, because of all the dramas in that game, Penrith, probably their worst performance of the season. Still won by 14 yeah. against the Titans side that were up for it. I mean, this they is were. 8-0, the Panthers. They've quietly gone along to 8-0. Yeah, incredible. We're, we're watching greatness here. In well, front I think of- they're the only side to ever go 8-0 for two consecutive seasons, Dan, mm. which is quite incredible considering their age and what they've been able to achieve in their short time. And, you, you know, with with young players, when they come into the system, you know, they're up and down, they're inconsistent, and you get that. But their guys, and we saw a little bit of that for the first time last night with guys like Targo and May and so forth that just made a few errors and they were compounded with a bit of ill-discipline and then all of a sudden guys, for the first time in a while, broke out of the system to try and solve situations on their own, which is very un-Penrith-like. Um, but again, just as soon as that happens, you know, it all sort of goes to pieces. They just rely on Cleary and he kicks them into the corners and they get their repeat sets. And their scramble was there. So even though, you know, um, they were off a little bit in execution and they were missing one-on-one tackles, their effort and energy around helping each other out, which is like a cultural thing, was there. And they found a way to win ugly, which you need to do. Panthers seem like the team who they can win in any condition uh, you know, if it's raining, if it's sunny, it doesn't matter if they're home, away. After watching the first eight rounds, do you feel like there's an – which team can match it with them? Or is there a team that can? I think, um, yeah, look, it's magic round. I mean, how's how good's that going to be, Dan? Oh. Saturday night, oh. you know, the main event, Penrith versus well, Melbourne. before that, what about next Friday? Penrith, Parramatta. Yeah, Penrith and the Eels. As the entree yeah. to yeah. Penrith, Melbourne. Yeah. You know, like, I didn't think Penrith were playing at their best in the final series last year, but found a way to win the premiership. They were playing a lot better at the start of the season, and maybe that happens again, and there's injuries and there's different things that you need to take. There's the origin period that you need to take into consideration. We're a long way from home, um, but at the moment they're, they're doing all that they can, and I think we'll get a really good indication. I think they've got Parramatta... They've got Melbourne, and then they've got the Roosters too. Mm. And I think one thing Penrith are learning, and what it's like to be defending premiers, mm. every week you get challenged. You get the best out of the opposition. We saw that last night with right, the Titans. We've got to go give the Queensland coffee rating out of 10. I don't drink coffee, Dan. Oh, that's right, you yeah. don't. Yeah. Don't. Oh, the best coffee is definitely down in on the northern beaches of Sydney, without a doubt. Never, ever. Never. No, I, for about three years I've been off at Candice. Wow. Yeah. Sells it, it's but won't good. drink it. That's right. Triple M, thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, thank you for chipping in. And he'll be on the Saturday Scrum Show from midday. Triple M, this is the Dead Set Legend. Get your helmet on. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman and Candice Warner. Yeah, Triple M Dead Set Legends Goods as you walked out said, Can I do the list of grievances? Yes. Yes. A- absolutely. All right, so Goods will take over from Rich uh, for one week only. Let's do this. If it happened overnight, you'll hear it in the Triple M Dead Set Legends Sports Update. Uh, we've covered plenty of league. AFL, what a thumping last night. It was uh, Richmond. 
destroying the West Coast Eagles, 165-56. to 56. They stink, the Eagles. Uh, they've had some COVID <laughs> issues, but they're awful. Uh, I don't think Richmond's even that good this year, Candace. No, 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 they, they're not, but you, you've said it right. The, the Eagles, they're stinky. Uh, the Bledisloe Cup moving to a Thursday night. Wallabies will host the All Blacks Thursday, September 15, MCG. Why? Because they don't want to clash with AFL and NRL finals. Oh, wow. That's, that says a lot for how rugby union's going at the moment. Sad, really. Insane. That's the right call. Oh, most definitely. It's the right Rich call. Rich will be there. Yes. <laughs> um, it's, it's gets them some clear air, and uh, New Zealand had to sign off on that. Greg Norman's Saudi Arabian tour. Well, it announced its second signing. So fresh from the unveiling of world number 1,000, Robert Garrigus, Phil Mickelson has announced his intentions to join the league. Wow. I, I can't wait, well, if it ever happens, to hear Phil speak honestly about the last few months because I'm wondering if he's committing to this after slamming them, slamming the Saudis. I wonder if he's doing it for his own safety. Has he not already pocketed money from this, though? I, I heard he had already po- pocketed some sort of, um, like, millions from this. Probably. And, you know, even Adam Scott may be a part of this one. Yes, well, he's good friends with Norman. Yeah. And you notice there's a lot of older players that have probably done as... I mean, Scott could still win a major, mm. but... Money talks. Well, how much? How many lobsters can you eat? <laughs> oh, honestly, how much, how much money do you need? Um, now, who knew there was beef going on between Nick Kyrgios and Steve Carfino? Right, the former NBL star, long-time commentator. So Kyrgios was the star attraction at a... Well, I think we promoted it, a celebrity yeah. basketball game here last Sunday. And Mr. Magic Carfino said things went too far. This is what he said. I think it was on the back page on Fox. He said, what a jerk. What a lack of sportsmanship. He's blocking girl shots. He's not passing to his teammates. This is a celebrity. There's, this is a celebrity match. There's funds to be raised for the Starlight Foundation. It was ridiculous. It wasn't the right. Mo- this is the best part. It wasn't the right moment to show how dominant you could be against, you know, Australia's contestant for Miss World. He didn't come out of the game. Refused to come out of the game. Wow! Like he absolutely teed off on Nick. But in Nick's defence, I always defend him because he is an entertainer and he can play basketball. Shane Hill, who was the coach of Nick's team did say, you know, go out, score as many points as you can. He can play. You've got to give him that, but maybe that was not the right forum to, you know, showcase again how good you can play. His teammates have defended him. I said last week, half joking, he cares more about winning in celebrity basketball games than tennis. It's starting to look, look a little a, more truthful. That's a big call, but when, you know, you win the Australian Open doubles as the special case. All right, fine. I'll always defend him. Fine. Not always, but he's entertaining. You can't be blocking shots of the no. Miss World and and the. I mean, he, he in your face, Dominic no. Perrottet. I mean, but God. Dominic loved it. Dominic has been a bit mouthy this week, even though he's giving it to Volandis. Mm. That all seems like a wrestling work. Yeah, I'm told mm-hmm. this is what's going on. So, Volandis says, "Oh, we're going to sell the grand final to Queensland." Perrottet looked down the camera the other day and said. Don't, we know what you're doing. You're trying to draw up the price. You're going to get your suburban stadiums. Yeah. The understanding I have is that they're both in on this together. Mm-hmm. Perrottet knows it's a little unpalatable to give more money for stadiums yep. when $900 is going into the football stadium and $300 million. So he wants to sell this as, well, we had to give them their suburban money or we would have lost the grand final. Mm. So that's what we're seeing. We're seeing... 
Carl Stevanovic yesterday was like Mean Gene Oakland yeah. trying to just throw softballs to to Volandis. But would it be so bad having the grand, the you know, the NRL Grand Final somewhere else, or being like a Super Bowl where you have a draft sort of thing and you mm. have it at a different stadium? It would generate a lot of money for the game. I think once every few years is fine. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. You know, you have it in Sydney. Two years and then go somewhere else. I'd only go to Brisbane. I wouldn't go to anywhere. I wouldn't go to. I wouldn't sell the grand final to Perth. What about Melbourne? Melbourne? No, you wouldn't go to Melbourne. No, stuff Melbourne. They get they get origins. <laughs> like the grand final's ours. It's rugby leagues. Yeah. Suncorp perfect. Football, yep. uh, ANZ Stadium court, but that's it. No, you wouldn't have no. it anywhere else. No. Okay. Unless unless Victorian government want to pay fifty million for it or something stupid. Okay. Um. Triple M, this is the Dead Set Legends. Uh, we're going to talk. Oh, Rusty's coming up. A lot of motor racing going on, and we do that for Bendix Breaks. That's coming up next. Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman, and Candace Warner, the Triple M Dead Set Legends. Triple M Dead Set Legends, Candace Warner, Dan Ganane here on a Saturday morning. And as usual, on a Saturday morning, we talk to this man. Rusty's Motorsport Update for Bendix. Bendix Breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. And you can get his app, Rusty's Garage, which you can get for free on the Listener app. Rusty, good morning. Dan, good morning. How are you? Excellent. Now, I'm fascinated by the supercars being in WA and turning the lights on. It's the one race that doesn't need the lights because of the time difference, but but it's a big event. It's 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 um, it always looks good. And Shane Van Gisbergen leads the drivers' championship by a street already. But you don't think. I heard you saying you don't think he's necessarily going to have it all his own way this weekend. Well, it's kind of a mixed format, Dan. So uh, basically, they're back in WA for the first time since 2019, which is huge. I mean, given everything that's gone on with COVID and uh, and WA's borders and so on. So great for the people over there. They'll race. Uh, it's a compacted race weekend. So practice this afternoon. There was no Friday practice for the, the main series. Um so they race at night this evening, but then they've got two races during the day tomorrow. And the temperature difference with the surface there, I think it's going to really, the way they're talking, is going to really mix things up. So some of the guys that might excel under lights tonight may not have it all their own way tomorrow. It'd be more, they're expecting it to be more abrasive tomorrow mm. under the sunshine. Rusty, what do you make of Mercedes apologising to Lewis Hamilton for basically giving him an undrivable car um, in Italy, but his teammate George Russell finished fourth? Sanders, this is a really good one, and it's got Formula One fans in a bit of a twist because some are saying there are circumstances which have contributed to Lewis's sort of less than, than solid showing. I mean, it's, just, it's hard for any champion in any sport to kind of have an off day, isn't it? At the moment, you do. People are like, well, what's going wrong there? His teammate has, in every race so far, he's been the only driver to deliver top five performances in every F1 race of the season so far. So he's doing a good job, but... Uh, George Russell does have some back issues and they've got, you know, dramas with that car. The next round is in Miami next week and they're talking about bringing a raft of changes to that car to hopefully iron it out. Most people believe it will come right, maybe by about mid-season and when it does, Hamilton will be a factor again. Okay, so they can go that deep with a, let's call it a dud car, and make up all that ground. That's still possible, you reckon, Rusty? I don't know about whether he'll be a championship contender, though, Dan. Most people are saying that that's, uh, you know, 
Seems like impossible. That's it. Yeah. But you've you got to remember, there's like a thousand people behind the scenes working in that team. Mm. You're talking, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars that go into it. They've won whatever it is, uh, eight constructors championships or something. So I mean, you, you don't win that many titles, no. um, you know, without the brain trust behind you. They'll fix it at some point. You're talking about the next round in Miami. Do you think they're going to have a bit of a problem with race directors? I mean, both umpires have COVID. Yeah, exactly, Candice. So, I mean, this is... um, I mean, people in Australia are now saying, will they go back to Michael Massey, the race director Uh who was treated so poorly at the end of... You know, after the the controversial thing at the end of last year. Um, I think they've got a plan B and plan C. They need either of those two guys to hopefully come right before... Um, Miami, but uh, they now have, it was just Michael Massey before, they now have two rotating race directors, um, and just freakishly, they've both come down with COVID at the same time. They were both in Italy at the last round. Rusty, I think we know it would be good television for that little Netflix series to have Michael return <laughs> and just say hello to Toto. Hello, hello, remember me? What's the price of admission? <laughs> All right. It's not right, Michael. It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Can I be honest? I love Toto. Do you? I lo- there is something about him. I love that bloke. I don't know why. I shouldn't. Everything about him, Candace. Is that his name, Toto? Tito or Toto? It's Toto, is Toto. it? Toto. Yeah. There is something, there is, there's a Bob Geldof-like quality. I should hate him, but I don't. Anyway, see you, Rusty. Bye. There you go. That's the the Bendix breaks. Put your foot down with confidence. Don't you find him charismatic, Candice? Yeah, I do. I do. And like you said, you're not supposed to like him, but there's something about him that just draws us to him. Rusty does know what he's done. He's going to have to do Toto every week now on this show. That's how he's going to have to close off as Toto Wolf. Triple M, Dead Set Legends. Make sure you're wearing protection because it's about to get rough. There it is, that's out. Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Dan Ganane, Richard Friedman and Candace Warner. Triple M, Dead Set Legends, Candace Warner, Dan Ganane. Uh, it's been guests galore um, on this Saturday. And here, now, we'd let him down last week, but uh, we've got him on today. Aaron Woods just finished training with the Dragons. Hello, Woodsy. Hello, legends. What a what a song to come in behind. I know. Isn't it? Hot <laughs> in the city, purely idle, one of the greats. <laughs> Is that on the playlist? Oh, massively on the playlist. I love it. He's one of the greats. He underrated Billy Idol. Yeah. Well, he's got three or four absolute crackers. Hey, how, speaking of that, how was Monday? I get that's your first one, wasn't it? Anzac Day at the cricket ground. Um, uh, of course, that would have been your first one. Uh, you would have heard how good it was. You would have seen how good it was. How was it actually to play? Yeah, look, Dan. It was it was just a different feel from the outset. We um, we stayed at the in uh, Novotel at the Pullman there. Mm. Um, we just bunkered down, and just just the feel. We got a couple of old blokes come in, Ben Cray and Michael Wayman, just to get around the boys and just to give us a bit of a pump up. Because you know, in the, the previous years they said at the club that everyone sort of knows about the Anzac now, but we wanted to know what the Anzac clashes were like from the previous and past players, and just their insights was unreal. And then. Just the build up to the game, you walk out. It, it was just so much like a like a semi final slash sort of a rep game feel. And the last post, just a way to finish that off, it was just you got goosebumps. And mate, it's just it, it was. I'm so glad I got to be a part of. It. I know when I've always been in another club, you really envy you know the Roosters and the Dragons on, on Anzac Day. But to be part of that clash was just it was remarkable. Woodsy, you up against the Tigers tomorrow. Your old club. How pumped are you to you know to go up against your old teammates? Yeah, Candice, it's always it's always one that you, you look at, but I don't want to do my head in all night thinking about this, thinking about that. I've got to stay calm and stay relaxed and 
Yeah, it's one that you always circle on the calendar. You always want to get one up in your old club, but you just got to go out there and play your own game. And, you know, if I go out there and, and try to do too many things, then your head falls off and then you start giving penalties and you drop the ball. So I've just <laughs> got to stay calm and relaxed and, and just enjoy the moment. But I am quite pumped for Woodsy, it. Woodsy, I read the paper. I read what was in the Sport Confidential yesterday, <laughs> how they dudded you, how you thought you were going back to the Tigers. Come on, be honest. Do you want to rip some heads off? Yeah, let me tell you one thing. There's one thing in 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 yes, this sir. world. Yes. Never believe that Gibra <laughs> in Brent Reed. He's absolute full of garbage. The stuff he writes. I assume you leaked this to him. Absolutely not. He wanted to get a go. He rang me up and wanted to get a story. I said, "Go away, mate." Go away, <laughs> All right, um, we've got to go. So uh, I would continue on this path, but we've got to go because we're running late. Hey, great! It's great to have you part of the Triple M family. By the way, you're flying. I love it, mate. It's a great crew to be a part of, and people like yourself and Candice are so welcoming, so I love being a part of it. Thanks for having me. Beautiful. It. Thank you, Woodsy. All the best. Uh, Gerd's list of grievances is not too far away. Triple M, this is the Dead Set Legends. Get your helmet on. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Dan Ginane, Richard Friedman, and Candice Warner. All right, Triple M Dead Set Legends. I think we got through, Candice. We've done a pretty good job, I might say. Hey. <laughs> are you allowed to say that? See... <laughs> I was going to say something. No, I'm not going to say it. No, Go you've on. done an okay. excellent... No, it wasn't about you. It was about someone else being a bit full of themselves, and you've just, you're just taking over from them. <laughs> um, hey, thanks to Laura from The Drive Show. Really helped with the guest today, and we were sort of scrambling a bit. Beck did a great job as well, and everyone who chipped in, including you, Gertz, who uh, mm. rushed in from the airport to get here. Yeah, absolutely. And you're well, I could have come off for longer, but yeah, I just got caught in... Uh, there was a bit of wind over the airport, and they just one way, runways open. But so hang on, dude, we're taking that's away not my problem. Precious time. Okay, let's go. This is big pressure. It's an honour and a privilege because this is my favourite segment. The, the that, list of grievances that, that I that I love listening to on a weekly basis. So Richard was away. I just thought I'd, I'd sort of just step in so that we could um, someone could at least have a whinge. Yeah, you got a minute. Here we go. Not everyone thinks your baby is cute. <laughs> And especially in a confined space, like a plane or a waiting room, when that parent, and we've all seen it, they're, 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 it's their bundle of joy. And I've had kids, and I like babies, but I've done my bit. I don't need to look after your kid. I don't need to be slapped and dribbled on while I'm on my way from Brisbane, while I've left that behind all the way to Sydney, while this you sit there reference. and have a coffee. Pick, read the room, pick your market. There's some elderly people there. They love babies, grandparents. Send the kid over there. They'll be more than happy to stimulate it for a while. People there that look a little bit stressed and frustrated that left all this behind are getting away from that. Do your job. I've raised my kids. Brilliant. Well done, goods. Thank you, Candice. Great job. Uh, Our thoughts with Rich. He'll be back next week. Saturday Scrum after this. Making a racket. Little tennis joke there. You are the worst umpire that I've ever seen in my life. Triple M's Dead Set Legends with Dan Kinane, Richard Friedman and Candace Warner.